Well, the first bit of action in the game, just two minutes in, and what a bit of action it is as well. Iran off to a flying start. Mediterrani with the opening goal, with pretty much the first kick of the game as well. Jean Baksh with a peach of a cross. How about that for a powerful header? Moon then in the 69th minute, ball over the top, no one picking up Taremi! And Taremi slots it through Talib's legs and makes it 2-0. Just over 20 minutes to go, Iran now in complete control. And on their way to another three points. Speaking of threes, they had time for a third goal as well. As Hulil Zadeh gets his name on the score sheet. Questionable defending, really, but an easy finish for the number 17. So it's another three points for Iran. Their second win back to back, and now top of Group A. Okay, welcome back to Gobazan Podcast. My name is Ari Alaverdi. I'm joined by my two good friends, Babak Goris and Pejman Pars. How are we doing, guys? Hi, guys. I'm just doing fine here in Sweden. How is Babak doing? And you, Arya? I'm I'm good as well. Late night, but good to catch up with you guys uh, after the past few days with Team Melly. Fantastic, guys! Obviously, this podcast is a is an analysis of uh, Iraq versus Iran. Uh, took place in uh, Khalifa International Stadium in Doha on Tuesday. Uh, Iran victorious, three goals to nil. Goals coming from Jahan Bach, Taremi, and Golizadeh. Assists by Taremi, Sadar Osman, and Kariman Sarifard. And yeah, Iran are top of Group A with six points. Pretty much the ideal situation, I think, for Iran. Um, South Korea dropped some points uh, in the, thing, the first game. They got a draw, so they sit with four points. And Iran's next game is against UAE, who I believe are on two points. Uh, and also, uh, there's this next game after that is against South Korea. Um, so, you know, big games next month. But today's podcast, we're going to speak about the, the match that played on Tuesday. Very quickly, thanks again for joining us on Twitter Spaces. Um, really appreciate your time. Also, um, your support on the article has been really, really good. We'll, we'll keep doing that. Finally, thanks to our um, collaborators, uh, Metrika who provided us the stats for both the matches. And yeah, okay, guys, let's go on with the analysis of the game. Pejman, I'll come to you first. Thinking about the game itself, overall, you know, it's a great, it's a good victory, 3-0. And we we saw some really good goals. You know, the boys did well overall. You know, we can, we can say that. Iraq, maybe did a lot lot less well <laughs> um what was your overall thoughts of the game uh, overall i'm impressed that uh i think iran made iraq worse than they actually are probably uh, iraq during the 90 minutes they didn't have a single shot goal maybe statistically they had one but it wasn't really a a, a major threat they had the, the offside goal and that's basically it and they will come to it but i think in general uh, i have yet to see some kind of like tactics or you know it's if somebody would ask me uh, how does iran play under scottish it's really hard for me to say maybe but i'm not a pro i'm not a super analyst so I'm, I'm sure somebody better with better eyes than me can say it but i have a hard time telling but at the end of the day 
who cares? Iran have won nine games in a row with Scottish. So always is something correct and good is happening with, with the team. But I think we will touch that later, right? Yeah, definitely. That's actually one of the fan questions uh, we'll come on to towards the end of the podcast. Bob, I want to ask you, obviously, just touching on what, what Pejman said regarding tactics and you know the style of play. Are you happy with the way we played overall in this in this match? I mean, it, how can you not be happy again with the result? Uh, we look comfortable. I mean, once we scored that early goal, the whole uh, complexion kind of changed. Who knows what would have been the case if it kept, uh, if it was a stalemate going in into the first half, for example. So, of course, I'm happy. Uh, Pejman made a very interesting point about the style of play. I see what he's saying at times, but some of the earlier games, especially the ones where we won during that four game do or die, uh, let's call it uh, period. I thought we were pretty good at uh, building up play, linking passes, taking the game to the opponent. Some of the habits that we didn't see under Kirosh. This game, I felt we went a little bit back towards a Carlos Kirosh-esque style of play. Um, looked solid we were depending on our counters uh, quite quite a bit uh, we exploited the spaces well when the opponent needed to take the game to us so everything sort of played into the players habits or uh, let's say uh, memories in a way so dif- i also can't really say what was the style of play or what was the tactic because that early goal sort of changed it but uh, we played to our strengths and uh, I'm not sure if we made Iraq look worse or it's the early days of the advocate reign and they're still finding their feet because it looked like uh, Iraqi players were not sure exactly what they have to do. Okay, perfect. Yeah, exactly. I completely agree. You know, I think ultimately the most important thing for national team of Iran is to win matches. Simple as that. I don't care how you play games, you know, (laughs) you know, you can go out there and play, you know, handball but if we're in the game i don't care like i know people want to speak about tactics and they want to become tacticians you know and i understand that but end of the day it's a 90 minute game three points on the table and we go we go to the next match and i know you know over a long term you want to be able to have a level of identity for your national team i get that but in this period, the most important thing is to qualify for the World Cup. Um, and I think the identity will come over a, a, a little bit of time. It's only been nine games. We haven't even got to 10 games yet. Skocic needs more time. His staff are still changing. He just got recently a new analyst in. And, you know, there's still some things that need to be you know, fixed. Of course, of course there is. But overall, the team is doing well. We're winning matches and... We're scoring goals, haven't conceded a goal in these two games, haven't conceded a goal in a little while, actually. And it, it, we're doing well. You know, we're doing well. The players haven't are... Haven't conceded, but also haven't really had shots against us. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly. really difficult to think about how many shots... I mean, under Kirosh, the defense was solid and organized, but sometimes we would, like, scrape through a situation, like, with last-ditch defending, etc. But... It, it, you'd be hard-pressed to remember like desperate moments of defending during the last six World Cup qualifiers. Not I too agree. many moments where you really felt worried. 
100%. I thought the team looked organised defensively. Uh, I was very impressed with uh, Omid Nur Afghan in this game. The reason why I say that is because he comes in a game, he, he plays in a position where he's been playing for a little while in Sepahan. And of course, a young player. He came, he had some criticism towards him when he was at Charleroi. He moved back to Iran. And there was this you know, consensus that maybe he's kind of lost it because he's gone back from Europe to Iran. In my opinion, he has really transformed himself a lot, especially as a left-back. I think he really suits that role. Um, and also, on top of everything, he comes in a match that's very important against a, a rival team, you know, away from home, and he performs the way he did. It makes it tough to, 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 to look at Milad Mohamadi as a starter, in my opinion. You know, I, I don't know if, you know, he's struggling uh, in his personal life. I'm not trying to make any, any kind of... Um, um, what do you call it? Guess, I'm just I'm just guessing. You know, there's might be something wrong, but ultimately he has to find a club. And Milad is is struggling for sure. High Safi, in my opinion, you know, hit and miss. Sometimes he can be really good. Sometimes he can be really average. What do you guys think of High Safi, Pejman? No, not High Safi. Sorry. What do you think of Nur Afghan? As you said, uh, he was the big explanation mark in the game. It was a surprise to see him start uh, at once. Uh, and I'm so happy to see that this guy, I mean, he's been a talent for a long time now. I remember when uh, Estelle played Hammarby in Sweden. It was like maybe three years ago or something like that. He was like the young talent and he somehow is still like the young talent. But uh, during that time, I think he developed a lot. He showed a lot of uh, smartness against uh, Iraq, uh, uh, a lot of good decisions, a lot of uh, things that can improve the team when changing from defense to offense. And uh, you, you know, you have to give, give credit to Skocic here because he'd been criticized a lot. But uh, let, let's be honest, uh, not even uh, Kairos or anyone else uh, know this much about the Iranian league as as a Scottish. So the Iranian, the, the players from the Iranian league that he's chosen to play have been really wisely picked. And I must say, I mean, I'm really impressed that uh, he's able to have that balance, that mix, which shows maybe it silenced some criticism inside of Iran, like it's showing that you can be a good player in Iran as well and have a chance of playing in a national team. You don't always have to be a legendary because Definitely. that time will come as well. So, good move. Yeah, 100%. I completely agree. Bye-bye. I think you guys covered pretty much all the points on him. He was solid, no question. And uh, what, what Pejman said on Scotches is pretty valid. Uh, I think there's zero justification for any criticism of Scotches. He has... Uh, earned the right to have, let's call it, uh, some respect and to be given time. And I said that, I made that, I told myself that I wasn't a fan of his appointment and I wasn't convinced by him from the early friendlies. But once he got through those four games, I said, hey, the guys earned it. We need to trust the process now and see what happens. The days of Kiros are over. We need to look, look forward and... Uh, Whilst I don't agree with every single decision, he, he it's worked out. He's got a golden touch. I, I tweeted that during the game. He made the subs, both subs combined within a minute or two to score the third goal. So, and it's kind of, we, we've seen, we've seen sort of that sort of 
moment over many games, Kaidi coming on and sometimes Kodos coming on and things working out pretty well. So he's got some some he's got some magic formula. And even if we can't pinpoint what it is, it's working quite well for us. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, again, Onur Afghani, he was the guy who actually provided the first goal for for Tarimi to make the assist. So, you know, it's been good, good performances. Um, of course, on Kairosh, uh, a little bit of news. Of course, he's now the head coach of Egypt. Uh, best of luck to him. I think actually a very good uh, appointment for the national team of Egypt. I hope they do well. Moving on. Uh, I want to speak about the formation. It was a, an interesting one. Um, again, something I was really really impressed with by Skocic's in this game was that he kind of had a bit of fluidity with the way it worked. We started with a 4-4-2. It was very much a, a flat 4-4-2 with uh, Ahmad Nurlahi and Saeed Ezzatullahi playing as a kind of double pivot in the, midf- in the midfield. And then uh, Jahan Bahash and Amiri on the, on the wide positions. It moved on to sort of Taremi going on the left wing with uh, Amiri kind of playing a little bit more central, uh, allowing Ahmad to push on a little bit further. And it looked a little bit more, in my opinion, better with that kind of approach to the game. I thought the 4-4-2 worked defensively as a block. The 4-3-3 worked really well in terms of being able to get our midfielders forward. Amiri was doing really well. His engine is always there. I mean, his age seems, seems to have never aged, in my opinion. He's, he's always got the engine. And then Ahmad, I think, is the guy I want to speak about as well. Come on to that just, just after this. What do you think is the best way for Iran to line up, Bobak? I mean, I'm, I'm not... What's the word? I mean, 4-4-2 works, clearly works, uh, if, you, if you play it right. But I'm, I'm more of a let's call it of the opinion that the fluidity between between the shapes during the game make, make formations a little bit less let's call it pertinent than they were maybe 15 20 years ago yeah so, so yeah exactly so when you say 442 to 4231 the personnel could sort of shift into that position when it called for it yeah so it's really hard for me to say this this iran lineup or this iran group of players what's the best uh, set up, but I would, if you if you pressed me on it, I would be inclined to say that we, we would I would want to have a third uh, central midfielder. Uh, so mm, I'm not sure if it comes to the big games, we could get away with playing, let's say Saeed and Ahmed Nurolai on their own, unless Amiri tucks in quite well, for example, or a third player is playing with them. So I would say I prefer the three central midfield uh, lineup. And Bob, please, well, I want to ask you something regarding Ahmad Nurullahi because he gets a lot of criticism by Iranian fans. And I, I understand it. I'm not saying it's, it's bad criticism. I think, yes, technically, he's probably not a great player. You know, he does make a lot of, you know, sloppy passes. He gives the ball away a few times. But for the role he has in the team, would you agree that he's very important and allowing us to have someone who can run, you know, just run and be able to cover ground, press the ball, which he did a lot. If, I mean, if you go back and watch the game, he, he won the ball back a lot. Even if he was making mistakes, giving the ball away, the team around him 
جهان بخش محرمی ازتولای دیرو آل ایبل تو ون دا بال بک ریلی های اوت دا پیچ ویڈ یو اگری دا هز رول از ستیل امپورنت تو دا تیم یه اف کورس هز رول از امپورنت سچ از ایبری پلیر and i think he made a good point that uh, his style of play allows players such as jahan bakhsh or qolizade or uh, even ozmoon uh, uh, to to play that kind of style attacking style that they want and that they need so maybe that's why we saw such a like a hungry and offensive kind of style attacking style from jahan bakhsh because players like as a Toloi and Nuralahai did all the hard work, you know, in, in, in silence, allowing him to, to create spaces. I think uh, I would love to see the game again, you know, uh, with these kind of eyes, like how do, do the players act when they don't have the ball, you know? What, what do they do? I usually follow Said a lot when he does that, uh, when he run plays. And I see that like, he has a typical number six or whatever you want to call it. Uh, he's always uh, like the spider in the middle and searching and being available for a pass, looking up, seeing who we can, if we can go to the, uh, to the wingers. And Nurullahi isn't that kind of player. So I want to see how, what's, what's the role of Nurullahi when he doesn't have the ball. I'm sure uh, it will be positive. Two, 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 two excellent points, Pejman. I mean, I agree. The first point on Nur Olahi, I also have to add, it's not like Iran has an abundance of talented central midfielders these days. Yeah, And uh, there's definitely a dearth of them. Said is in a league of his own in terms of the type he is. Ali Karimi, if he ever stays fit and gets a good run of games, has shown glimpses that he could be a... Let's call it a, an option for us in the middle. But uh, in general, with the, with the aging players like Omid Ebrahimi, etc., it's not like we have too many options. On on the on the other hand, I also, funnily enough, like Pejman, I was following Said quite closely because I see him as the heart of the team, the the, the one who is calm in the middle, the one who allows other players to let's say take their positions because they know he's going to pick out a pass, whether he misses or not, that's not the point. He gives you that impression. He's always available. He's always looking around. He doesn't need to always go for the Hollywood pass. He can keep things simple. He doesn't isn't afraid to get stuck in. I was quite impressed with his reaction to getting his nose or maybe cheekbone broken. He was quite uh he took it quite well. Uh, not like a lot of Iranian players over the last decade who would be making a huge thing out of it, but he really took it well and he wanted to come back onto the pitch, etc. So the attitude, his attitude when he plays for us is excellent. Yeah, he's he's been he's been great, you know, and I think people were on on him a little bit for his for his weight, but he still performed extremely well despite that, you know. So you know, full credit to, to Saeed. Um, I want to speak about the goals. Uh, we scored three. Obviously, the first goal came very early in the game. Uh, Tarimi crossed it with his left foot into Jahan Baksh, who uh, got a very good leap, an early leap and a goal with his head. Um, the second one uh, came from a, a win back from Muharami. In fact, sorry, the first goal came from Umidun Afghan to Tarimi to Jahan Baksh. The second one came from Muharami winning the ball back in, in his own half. Uh, with Nurullahi playing it through to Osmoon, 
Osmond kind of lifting it up in the air to Torimi, Torimi bring it down and scoring. And the last goal came essentially uh, from the left-hand side, uh, Ansari Fard, left foot cross into Kouriza who did the business. So uh, ultimately, I think we scored some nice goals. Why do you think, Babak, we're able to now cut through the defences of these kind of Asian teams so easily? What what do you think Iran have that they didn't, didn't have before? We have the best forward players in Asia as a group. That's what I would say. Maybe Son is uh, could arguably be the best Asian player. But as a group, I think as a collection of attacking players, they are two of them we know are playing key roles for two historically big clubs in Europe and leading the top scorers or goal contribution t- uh, tables in their leagues in Portugal and in Russia. That's not a small feat. I think we should really take a step back and appreciate what kind of quality Taremi and Osmoon have. I was, te- I, was, I was thinking to myself, we're probably a top 30 or top 25 national team in the world right now. But would you say that we have top 10, maybe even a top seven strike partnership in world football? For me, it's difficult sure. to find a better strike partnership or too many better strike partnerships than Taremi and Osmoon. It's, it's, it's telepathic almost, the way they pick each other out, the way they combine. And they've been doing it for, what, five, five years now, maybe six years now. So... I hope I answered your question about the attacking players, but those two, that's the key for me. It, it brings fear to the defenders as well. When they look at it and they know, hey, Sadar Osmoon is a top scorer in Russia, Mehdi Taremi scoring goals in the Champions League, automatically those defenders in the Asian level will take notice like they, the way they used to with Ali Dai, he would bring fear to the defenders. Even when he was 38 years old, in Asia, you would have two players marking him in most situations or instances. And now we are finally have that same level of threat or uh, uh, let's call it uh, cutting edge up front. I mean, it's consistency. If they're doing it on a regular basis, cannot deny that two of them are some of the best strikers in the world when they play together, for sure they are. You know, we know that now. Um, Pejman, uh, speaking about Kodos uh, coming on in the second half, his influence in the game was interesting because he came on in a position where I would argue he's not maybe used to playing or maybe he's not ideal for him, playing as like a, as in a two-man midfield or even in a, in, a, in a number eight role. I think he plays decent in there, but not his natural position. He's better off playing as a number 10. However, in this game, when he came on, he seemed very effective in that role. And obviously, you could argue Iraq were a little bit tired. They, they obviously lost the game at, at that point. But do you think that he has a now a kind of new role that he can play in the national team? It's a good question. Uh, I still believe that he will play that kind of number 10 or maybe sometimes on the wings. But maybe it shows his versatility and he can to other things that maybe he hasn't done before. Maybe something that Scottish sees. Um, and I also believe that it's, it's a confidence kind of thing. I think the, the version of someone we're seeing now, I think is probably the best version of him. And I think and hope that this autumn 
will probably show if he's Premier League material or not. It's too early to say. He's had a decent start uh, uh, in the Premier League. He has done good when playing for Iran. And all these things matter. If you're in, in ment mentally in a good good space, good spot, uh, you can do different things. I mean, the, the position that he played wasn't that far away from a number 10. It was like somebody behind the number 10, exactly. uh, maybe organizing a little bit in the middle. And, and he's got that touch. He's got that, uh, uh, that look. So I I'm excited to see more of that, maybe even from the start next time. I mean, there hasn't a Scottish, if I correct me if I'm wrong, he's put him in that position, even when the game was tied uh, as part of the central midfield of two. If I'm not one of the earlier games when he, when he came on uh, either Saeed or Bahrain, yeah, and he turned the game around at that time. So I think in Asia, he can yeah, get away yeah. with that role. I don't think Brentford will be playing him there anytime soon regularly, but uh, I think you're right. I'm with Pejman. I think that uh, he's showing good signs in the Premier League. Uh, what The question is, what is the measure of making it in the Premier League? Is he going to, uh, let's say, become one of the leading players? Probably not. Is he going to be able to hold his own far better than Jahan Bach? I think so. I think he's got uh, something which Jahan Bach lacked, which is extremely high technique. Jahan Bach is an explosive player in inverted commas and that explosivity is quite relative in leagues and in the premier league you need to be really really quick yeah. to make it as a forward player and he lacks that but in holland you can get away with it uh, huh. so Kodos doesn't depend really on his let's call it burning pace it's really skill technique vision and he can pick out that pass and we've seen that uh, last season with brentford uh, and, and we're starting to see some signs that he can be effective in games too. Coming on Jan Bach, I think it's very important. He, he was captain these last two games. Um, I thought he did really well uh, leading the team. Uh, that has to be said. I think he's a very, first of all, he's, he's an example to everyone. I think he's a wonderful professional. He's a, a genuine, um, you know, a genuinely good 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 man first and foremost i think he he really as a professional footballer you can have a i've got a lot of time for for jalan bash his move to to holland has for sure helped him grow uh, a bit get a bit more um since leaving brighton and these last two games i think he's kind of shown us the player that he's he is in the game against iraq for me i thought he was brilliant 100 i thought he was absolutely brilliant the reason why i say that is because of the way he pressed he was he wasn't really pressing super high, but he was doing it effectively in a sense that he was creating blocks al alongside Ahmad and uh, Moharami. He wasn't allowing the Iraqi players out. He was not allowing them out. He was making sure that anywhere that there was space, there was someone there blocking that space. And that is that is very clever. It's not easy to do that because you have to be first of all in the right. Um, if you if you're too tired, you can't do it. You know, it's very difficult to do that over a long period of time. But he was doing it for the full time he was on the pitch. And that is that is very impressive. And I think looking back at the game, taking that away, we can say tactically, Scotchage has probably identified that he can do that and implement that into the game, which is fantastic because it allowed us to win the ball back so many times, so many turnovers in this match. 
Um, and ultimately, the goals that we did score came from a turnover and possession. So he was very effective um, and he worked hard. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really impressed. What do you guys think? I, I think uh, I agree. I agree, first of all. I think one, one thing you missed out probably was that he is clearly a confidence player. And he's beginning to recover that or rediscover the confidence since he's gone to Holland in a place where he's getting regular football, has the trust of the coach, scoring goals uh, or making a difference. So that will definitely help him. Um, I thought performance-wise, yes. Uh, on the, let's call it, on the work ethic and on the defensive side of things, yes. Honestly, I still haven't seen him... Um, let's call it affect the game offensively the way you would expect him to do with the sort of um, let's call it output he showed in the past in Holland. I still haven't seen that for Team Melly, but at the end of the day, if you can score goals like he did for both games and give assists, make the final goal contribution. Honestly, I don't care what else happens throughout the ninety minutes. It, it's, it's probably as good a moment as he's had playing for Team Melly. Yeah, and lastly, lastly, I want to speak about two centre backs. Can, can I say something shortly about yes. uh, Jahan Bach? Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, I, I think Bobak uh, made a good point about you know him being a, a kind of moody player. You know, when he's in a good spot mentally, when he feels that he can do something, and the, the move back to Holland was probably good for him. Yeah, uh, but and once again, maybe I have to see the second half again, but I, I was kind of frustrated a little bit of uh, how he handled himself in the second half. I think uh, he got a bit like overconfident, you know, he wanted to show like, so maybe himself or maybe for, for the rest of the world or the coach that, you know, he's, he's up to it. He, he, he has developed and he has shown that he wants to do everything. Sometimes it became a little bit too much. If I'm not mistaken, I think he lost the ball a couple of times where he shouldn't. He, he made uh, like passes where that maybe wasn't necessary. It made it, uh, otherwise Iran lost the ball or Iraq could could uh, win it but you know I have to see the well, second he, half he's because... always tried he's always tried some uh, too, a little bit too hard for Team Melly I've always felt it yeah. what you say is exactly true every game it's like he wants to make that final pass or the final country to make something happen and I think that's the expectation of the fans as well but he tries almost too hard and sometimes with someone I also get the feeling he he, he feels like he's got to score or make the amazing chip pass or something and when keeping it simple could be a better solution yeah you're probably right and you know now that he's become like the, the captain uh, the responsibility on him has grown a bit and as uh, John as Aria said you know we he acts like a professional uh, in front of the media, in front of the fans, the players, everything that we, we actually expect to, from a role model. In that sense, yes, uh, I think we can all agree that Jahan Bakhsh is a, is a good example. But do I want to see him 90 minutes every game in Iran, uh, the way he's played? And he's like, he has like 60 caps or something, right? And we are yet uh, asking if he's the right guy for for the position, for the way he plays. So, I mean, something just doesn't add up when uh, when uh, Jahan Bach plays in the national team. And it's a pity because we've seen how he can play in, in Holland. No, I think I think he's been good. I think ultimately, this, is, this was his 10th goal 
in the national team. And I think he's getting back to some sort of form, which is really important to see. Um, okay. Last but not least, we're going to speak about the two centre-backs, uh, Kanoni and Khalil Zadeh. Um, I thought they were brilliant uh, in this game. I really did. I, I thought because it was a, a game where it could have been Iraq being amazing and they could have attacked us, but Iraq were terrible. They were they were terrible. I mean, <laughs> they had a horrible game, <laughs> let's be perfectly honest. And as a result, it, it made it a lot easier for Kanoni and Khalil Zadeh, yes. But even despite that, I thought on the ball, they, they did really well, you know, in terms of just keeping the ball around the back. And they got us through it without any really issues, which is really impressive. And I hope that hopefully with the addition of Prali Ganji and Majid Hosseini in the next couple of months, we could see a very strong uh, defensive core in the national team. And yeah, that, they, they remind me of, sorry, Arya, they remind me of when, Jalal uh, Hosseini and Hadi Aghili were playing together. Two like solid defenders that had some weaknesses, but together as a duo, they were really strong and, and tough. And I believe Kanoni got that strongness and toughness in him that, that we need from a centre-back that maybe Pural Ganji have a little bit. Uh, um, Majid, maybe not, but Majid's maybe technique and understanding the game is is maybe the best out of those four but he needs to get back and it's it's fun to have competition on, on those spots which we usually maybe are not used to yeah um, okay final let's go to the last uh, part of the podcast uh, fan questions we have a fan question here from uh, Comron at come to the arms uh, he asks who should partner Saeed in midfield um, he's not a huge fan of Nurullahi, but there's not. He says there's not many options. Um, and there's a reply by Juve Sokal saying Kotus. I think it depends on the game. I think it depends on the match. I think in this game, Nurullahi is probably good to good to start, and then you can bring on Kotus to kind of impact the game in the second half. Remember, you can make subs. That's my that's my that, that's my point. You can make subs. You don't have to always start with Kotus. I think he can always come off the bench and make good impact. For me, I, I, I sort of doubt Said and Cordus will start uh, together. as a midfield too. Ever. Yeah. Yeah, I so. always say that. I don't think necessarily he's, he can play as like a number 6.5 Cordus. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I, I think yeah. he, he can play there and maybe when the game's dying down and winning the game, like, yeah, exactly. like in a game against Iraq. But I don't think he should, should be starting there because you're forcing him into a role that he's not comfortable yeah. in. Overall. He could play maybe a little bit of a, yeah, like you said, a 6.5, yeah, against lesser teams, etc. Yeah, but uh, too offensive. And I don't think he has any of that, uh, what's the word, organizational or, yeah, work rate maybe in, in, on the defensive side. Uh, to to take Saeed's role, but okay, it's we don't have too many options, and the players that are in the running are clear to everyone right now, and we have to look at it game to game, like you said. Yeah. The, the other question we got was from Ash Gone uh, at Pickup uh, for Life Ten. He asks, um, "Is there any young players that we should be playing in in, in the future games?" And my question, my answer to that is actually quite is actually on top of this question that we got from Cameron is. Maybe because Yossin Salmani was in the squad, a very talented player. If you've seen him play, as I said before, he's a very good player. He could play that role, you know. I think that possibly as we go a little bit further in to the to the games against maybe Lebanon or maybe even against Syria again, 
we could play Ayasi in San Moni because he's a very talented player and might want to try someone else in that role. But for now, I think um, Nurlahi and, and Karimi are fine, but substitutes... You mean Saeed? Alongside alongside Zaid, I mean. Yeah, but Karim is injured and it's going to be quite, quite. I don't even think he's going to figure in any of the qualification games, but okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll see, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully, he can get himself fit. But where, where, do, you, do you see Ehsan figuring again yeah, in that? Maybe Ehsan. There's also Salak, who was, was okay in the first game, he got injured very quickly, but. You know, there's there's some options. I said this before in the Iranian league, they don't develop midfielders well. They don't develop that position properly, in my opinion. Last but not least, the question comes from uh, actually it was the same same guy who asked the, the the last question. He asks, "Is Skocic a tactical coach?" Um, I think the real qu- answer to that, the real question to, is probably, "Is he good at implementing tactics?" Um, and my answer to that is, yeah, it is because we've won games. And tactics doesn't necessarily mean you go out and try and like play tiki-taka or counter-attacking. Tactics is being able to put a strategy together that only happens in, in parts of the match that impact the opponent. And we've done that. We've won the game. So th- there has to have been a tactic in there in training that he's worked on that's helped the team win, you know? So... Yeah, is that answer to that question? I would, I would say yes. Uh, we have to say he's won over the players. Yeah, initial vibes out of the camp uh, when he took on the early days were not so positive and not so respectable towards Kocic. But it's very clear that he's won over the trust of the players. Early days, the vibes coming out of Team Melli's camp were not so positive towards Kocic. They, the players were doubtful about what he would do or if he's up for it or if he was the right caliber, especially after what happened with Carlos and then Mark Wilmot's coming in. But he's won them over. It's clear. There's a good mood there. The players are enjoying themselves. You can see with the pictures they post with him, etc. So he's quietly won their trust. And that's mainly because Iran is winning. And when you win, you feel good and you you feel the trust and you believe in the process. Uh, Again, let's see how we do in the bigger games against stronger opponents like Korea. That would be interesting. But uh, we have to say, Skocic knows what he's doing and uh, results prove it. Yeah, definitely, uh, for sure. Final question uh, comes from our good friend, a good friend from the football manager game Middle East. Uh, account uh he asks um are there any uncapped players in the pgpl or youth players you'd want to see in the national team as i said justin salmoni i think is a brilliant player but he was obviously in the national team the other one that i'm really excited to see hopefully coming on through is um young sayad manish who of course has been capped but we need to see him more in the national team you know he's a very important player i'd say uh coming up to um, you know, then hopefully, I, I think Kaniman so far is very good, but I think we need one more striker who can really impact the game. I think he's the guy who can do that. Other than that, we're going to finish it there. Uh, I appreciate everyone's time. Uh, Pejman had to leave us a little bit early. Well, back. Thanks very much for coming on. Obviously, uh, we'll, we'll have uh, more podcasts coming up very soon. We have an interview uh, with a few few players. Will be released in the next month. Um, and we will be back for the matches next month 
between UAE and South Korea. We'll also do Twitter Spaces, articles, uh, and everything else. So subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we'll see you very soon. Take care. and I play for Vanderbilt in the Iranian national team. My name is Kimia Raya Parvar and I play for Vanderbilt and the Iranian national team. And you're listening to Global Zone.